Uh, tonight, we're speaking on uh, this subject. This is part two of our message that we spoke on uh, about a week and a half ago. Um, uh, it's time to minister to the Lord. Say that with me. Help me with my title tonight. It's time to minister to the Lord. Go with me to Acts chapter 13. Our key scripture is right here in Acts chapter 13. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version tonight. Now, all year long, I've been reading and preaching from the New Living. Uh, but tonight, and for this series of message, uh, then we're using the New American Standard, okay? So we're in Acts uh, 13, and we're going to read uh, one, uh, through, uh, 1 through 4. Are you ready? All right. It says, Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, who was had been bought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord, everybody say ministering to the Lord. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. It is time, it's time to minister to the Lord. Amen. And I believe this is something that's very, very important in the life of every uh, believer. And uh, so this is part two of that uh, message that we began on a Sunday night uh, just a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago or so. And um, so I encourage you to get that first part of that message because that'll have some things for context uh, that we're not going to say again tonight, um, except to say that God loves your voice. And God has given you and I an instrument. And thank God for people who minister up here and use instruments and thank God for the flow and the anointing upon them to do that. But there's an instrument inside your larynx. There's an instrument inside your voice. And it is when you lift your voice in praise and worship to God. And I believe that for every believer, life is so busy and we're supposed to go to God. We're supposed to claim his promises. We're supposed to speak his word from our tongue and make our bold confessions of the mighty word of God. I believe every believer has a responsibility to do that. But life is so busy. We're constantly running and going. There are places to go and people to see. There's stuff to do. And in the busyness of life, sometimes we keep barging into the presence of God without sometimes slowing down to just take time to just go into his presence and just say, Lord, I don't want anything right now. I just want to minister to you. I, is that all right? It's, it's good every now and then to just go into his presence and say, Lord, I just want to bless your name. Father, you've been so good. You saved me from a devil's hell, and I'm glad about that. And I just came to tell you, thank you. Every now and then, it's good when you and I go into the presence of God and we don't have a whole bunch. We should bring our request to God. I'm not saying we should not. But every now and then, we need to go without a request, just with a desire to bless his name, with a desire to tell him how good he's been. I said, God has been so good to you and I. He's been better to us than we've been to ourselves. Anybody in here, you're glad that your name is already written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm so glad about that. I'm so thrilled about that. My name is in the Lamb Book of Life. Yeah. 
And so we ought to say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me. We ought to just say, Lord, thank you for what you've already done. Don't turn there, but you know the story over in Luke 17 where the 10 lepers, you know, they were crying out on the outskirts there of Samaria when Jesus was walking through and they were crying out, Lord, uh, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus told them, go. Sent them with the word, go, show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says they were healed as they went. And only one turned around to come back and say, Lord, thank you. One, he came back, he fell at the Lord's feet, prostrate to say thank you for healing me. He was saying, I wouldn't have made it without you. I wouldn't have been healed. Without your power, I would not have been delivered. Without your power, my situation would not be changed. Without your power, I would still be in the same circumstance. He was saying, God, I want to acknowledge what you've done for me. And when we minister to the Lord, we go into his presence to worship him, to bless him, to sing and to extol him, to magnify him in word and in song. And we speak of his goodness and we declare all of his attributes. How many are glad that God's faithful? How many are glad that God is holy tonight? How many are glad that God is all powerful? God is everywhere. Praise God. And, and so when we begin to bless him for his attributes, we begin to minister to him. And when we go into his presence with a motive, I don't want nothing. I want to give you glory. I want to bless your name. I want to magnify you because you've been so good. Every now and then we need to go into his presence and just minister unto the Lord. And so tonight uh, I want to share briefly, I want to share briefly uh, uh, some key benefits, some key benefits to those who've learned and those who have decided to, uh, to minister unto the Lord. And um, here the Bible says that, that Saul and these other four men, they were ministering to the Lord and they were fasting, ministering to the Lord and fasting. And um, and, and, and you can minister to the Lord without fasting. You can minister to the Lord with fasting. I'll tell you, if you really, you need an answer for something, you really need an answer, you really need to hear from God. And if you're not hearing from him in a way that you understand, then adding that element of fasting is a great thing. I, I don't have time to teach you on that, but I would encourage you to get Brothers Hagen's book on fasting so you can keep it in balance. Sometimes people fast and they just, they wig out. They just go crazy. They, they, they fast so long, they have hallucinations. They can't tell the difference between their spirit and their crazy mind. And they start seeing things and hearing things. And listen, if you have a dream or something, always bring it back and give it to the scrutiny of the word. If it can't, if it can't pass the scrutiny of the word test, then kick it to the curb. I've had so many people tell me through these years, I had a dream. You never won't believe the dream I had. Seems so real. And then they tell me some goofed up, ridiculous, against the word. I've said to people, look, that, 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 is, that is antithetical to the word. Here, let me show you something from the word and read the word. The word is the gold standard. The word is the standard. I don't care what kind of goofy dream you had. The word is what we stand on. Now, if your dream lines up with the word, then glory to God. I said, Amen. 
But if your dream don't line up with the word, then you need to kick that to the curb. And I want to be careful to say that because, you know, so many things happen. But there, but there is the validity of, of, of fasting in prayer. And, um, you know, and, and Brother Hagin said it was best just to live the fasted life. And, and reading that, that, the book on fasting that he wrote, the, the, the little mini book on fasting, look, he said, you know, don't fast any more than three days unless the Lord tells you, unless you're absolutely sure the Lord told you that. Just some great pointers just to keep you in balance if you add this. But this element is a, is a powerful way. There have been times in my life when I needed to hear from God, and it wasn't clear. And I added this element of fasting where I turned over my plate for a meal. I skipped a meal and spent that time in prayer. Fasting won't change God, it'll change you and I. I said, amen. Help us to be more yielded in our ability to listen. They were fasting and praying. They were fasting and praying. And the scripture says they were fasting and praying, and then the Holy Spirit said something. Isn't that interesting? When when you read this text here, uh, verse 2, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... You notice the Holy Spirit said part came after the ministering to the Lord and fasting part. They first ministered to the Lord and then the Holy Spirit said. So why do you keep saying it like that? Because they created an environment. They put themselves in a position to hear from God. They put themselves in a position. They created an atmosphere. Listen now. And the Holy Spirit spoke. So I want to say, number one, listen. For, for, for those who will minister to the Lord, there are, there are more than these I'm giving you tonight, but I'm going to give you a few tonight benefits of ministering to the Lord. And, and the first one is you will change the atmosphere around you. Now, that's a good benefit. Because if you have been in an atmosphere of fear, if you've been in an atmosphere of depression, if you've been in an atmosphere where you're thinking thoughts of failure, if you've been in an atmosphere where, where, uh, where, where your thoughts don't line up with the word, then you can, act, if you're not careful, you can create an atmosphere around you of doubt and unbelief. And it's hard to receive from God in that atmosphere. It's hard to hear from God in that atmosphere of doubt and unbelief. I said, amen. And so we need to create an atmosphere around us to create an atmosphere around us. Listen, and if we create the right atmosphere ministering to the Lord, what will happen? The Holy Ghost will speak. The atmosphere will change. When you minister to the Lord, fear will leave you. Fear will leave your presence. When, When you minister to the Lord, depression will leave you. When you minister to the Lord, the atmosphere around you will change. The atmosphere right there in your apartment will change. I said uh, last time, the first part of this message, I said, uh, you know, Tony and I, we were in St. Thomas on vacation. Uh, and uh, we were, I had my little guitar with me and, and we, were, we were just ministering to the Lord. We were just out on the, out on the balcony. And the guitar has headphones, and she had some on, and I had some on, so nobody else can hear the guitar. It's the, the, it has an amplifier, a mini amp, and, an, and then a plug goes into that mini amp, and that goes out to the headphones so you don't disturb people is the idea. Nobody even knows you're playing it. But in the headphones, you can hear it clear. So we were, we were, we were singing softly words to worship songs, 
And we were just thankful to the Lord. We weren't, we, weren't, we weren't asking the Lord for anything. We were just thanking him. We were just worshiping him. We were just out there in St. Thomas and, and out on our uh, beautiful balcony. And uh, the next balcony is a huge, I don't know, huge wall, but cement wall. You can't, to see around it, you'd have to go to the edge and then you'd have to look around there, you know. And uh, anyway, we're just out there worshiping the Lord, worshiping the Lord. We still got our pajamas on out there. And all of a sudden, the lady's head peeked around the corner. And I thought, oh, man, maybe I didn't plug this thing in right. Maybe we're making too much noise. I have to disturb somebody. And I took the headphones off, and, and I said, are we playing too loud? Are we singing too loud? She said, oh, no, oh, no. She said, uh, she said here in our suite, we felt the peace of God come on us. And she said, Oh, just, we, we, were, we were really bummed out today. We have to leave. It's our last day. We were thinking about some other things, and we were really bummed out about it. And she said, but the peace of God came on us, just came in our room, just swept in the room. And she said, then we heard just a real faint singing, and we knew that, some, some, that this peace has come from another room. And so she said, I opened up the sliding door, and I could hear the faintness of singing in worship. And she said, I have to see. I've got to see who's bringing this peace. And she peeked around the corner. That's when we saw her. (laughs) We prayed with her. You can change the atmosphere where you are just by ministering to the Lord. Something has made you sad. Something has upset you. Take some time and enter into the presence of the Lord without a preset agenda and just minister to him and the atmosphere will change. David knew how to minister to the Lord. Keep your finger in Acts 13. Go with me to 1 Samuel 16. You've got to turn pages quick tonight. Turn pages quick. 1 Samuel 16, you know, David knew how to, he knew this secret of how to minister unto the Lord. He knew, he knew how to minister unto the Lord. And 1 Samuel uh, 16 uh, gives us the, uh, uh, how it was uh, discovered. Look at 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. It says, Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. 15, Saul's servants then said to him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God is terrorizing you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you, and let them seek a man who is a skillful player of the harp. And it shall come about when the evil spirit from God is on you that he shall play the harp and by his hand you will be made well. And so then they go and find David. Slip down to verse 22, 1 Samuel 16, 22. Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David now stand before me for he has found favor in my sight. 23. So it came about whenever the evil spirit from God came on Saul, David would take a harp and play it with his hand and Saul would be refreshed and be well and the evil spirit would depart from him. Can you see what happened there? First of all, I don't have time to go back through all of this, but God doesn't have any evil spirits. God's not putting any evil spirits on anybody. That's just a misinterpretation of the translators here and how that was translated. What happened is God allowed an evil spirit to come on Saul. Why? The hedge of protection that was around him as king through his disobedience, that hedge of protection lifted from him. And when God's hedge of protection lifted from him because of his disobedience, that evil spirit came on him. 
And whereas before he had been protected from that, his disobedience lifted the hedge. Are you with me there? God doesn't have any evil, there are any evil spirits in heaven. God doesn't have any evil spirits to put on anybody. Are you, am I, can I go on? Okay, so, so, but you see there, David, they went and got David who played the harp. It doesn't say he was singing, he was just playing. And just from him playing and ministering to the Lord, what happened? The evil spirit couldn't stand in that presence. The evil spirit had to go from Saul just from him playing the harp. I said, you'll change the atmosphere where you are if, if, if you'll minister to the Lord, if you'll minister to the Lord. Listen, secondly, that was first, first you'll change the atmosphere. Secondly, uh, uh, another great benefit, the word of God will come alive. I said, the word of God will come alive to you. Psalm uh, 119, verse 105, the psalmist said, thy word uh, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word will come alive. In Acts 17, uh, 10, it says here that the, the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians. Why? Because they took the holy word of God and they searched the scriptures every day to see if what Paul was preaching was true. Think about that. They were in the word every single day after hearing the word preached, they got right back in the word. The word came alive. And if scripture seems dry to you, if scripture just seems boring to you, if scripture just seems uh, routine to you, take some time and minister to the Lord. Take some time to enter into his presence. Because when you enter into his presence, the word of God will come alive. And God will speak a rhema word to you. And God will cause his word to rise off the page of scripture right before your eyes. When you minister to the Lord, the atmosphere will change. When you minister to the Lord, the word of God will come alive to you. When you minister to the Lord, he will refresh you and renew you with his Holy Spirit. Look at Acts 3.19. Acts 3.19. When, when you minister to the Lord, he's going to refresh you. He's going to renew you by his Holy Spirit. The scripture there says, therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. God's sweet, refreshing presence will minister to you. Praise God. Ministering to the Lord. There is, a, there is a backsplash to it all. The motive that, that we have to minister to him is we don't want anything from him. We want to bless him. We want to thank him. We want to honor him. We want to magnify him. But, but, in, but, but with that motive and, and with that intent, as we, as we minister to the Lord, he always will minister back to us. And the backsplash of ministering to him is that the atmosphere will change, that the word of God will come alive, that he will refresh and renew us by his Holy Spirit. Now, here's another thing. Uh, he will give you rest right in the middle of your storm when you minister to him. I, I, I found that to be true. I found God to be so faithful to me when I was going through a divorce. He gave me peace right in the middle of the storm. And I found out God can rock you on to sleep every night right in the middle of turmoil. God can rock you on to sleep. Psalm 4 verse 8 said, I, I will both lay me down and sleep in peace for thou alone, O Lord, makes me to dwell in safety. Yeah. When you minister to the Lord, his peace will keep you in the most unusual of circumstances. It doesn't matter what the storm over in Acts chapter 12. 
over on Acts chapter, Acts chapter 12 and verse 6. God gave Peter peace in the midst of a terrible storm. Uh, the, the following morning, Peter was to have his head chopped off. How many know that's a storm? He's chained. He's chained uh, between all the, there are 16 total soldiers guarding him, and he's also chained between soldiers. And the next morning, they're going to cut his head off. How many would say that would, that would be a storm? That would, that would qualify for a storm in my book. And, and yet, the, the, the scripture says here in Acts chapter 12, verse 6, the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. The angel had to really smote him, smote him in the side. The angel had to hit him hard in the side to wake him up. He was sleeping so sound. Oh, we serve a God who can bring you peace right in the midst of trouble. Right in the midst of what you're going through, the storm can be raging all around you, and God can give you peace. Peace like a river. And when we learn how to minister to the Lord, then he'll give us peace right in the middle, right in the middle of the storm. And that's a good benefit. God will change the atmosphere. And that's a good benefit, praise God. <laughs> God, uh, uh, God knows how to encourage and to comfort us right in the midst of what we're going through. But he will change the atmosphere. The word will come alive to you and I. He will refresh and renew you by his Holy Spirit. Uh, he will give you peace in the middle of the storm. Listen, God will make you more sensitive to his Holy Spirit. That's another great benefit. Ministering to the Lord will create an added sensitivity to you in your spirit. Look at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Acts 16 verse 6. Paul and his traveling companions on the mission field, they didn't know where to go. They didn't know where to go next. They didn't know what to do next. The scripture says, 16 verse 6, they passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God in Asia. And after they had come, uh, after they came to Messiah, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Passing by Messiah, they came down to Trous, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So prior to uh, the vision, they did not know where to go. They tried to go into Asia. The Lord said no. They tried to go to Bithynia. The Lord said no. Uh, every direction they tried to go, the Lord said no. And then they went down to Trous, and he had the vision in the night. But ministering to the Lord will create in you and I an added sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We'll know which direction to go. We'll know what, how, to, how to follow his lead and what direction to, 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 uh, to go in. Turn with me real quick to the Gospel of John. John, ministering to the Lord. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will show you, uh, he will show you uh, what to do. And John uh, 16, verse 13, but when, uh, uh, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So he's a guide. 
He will guide us. He'll guide us into truth, but he'll also guide us in decisions. He'll guide us in in what decisions to make and and what steps to take. Ministering to the Lord will, will help you immeasurably by helping you to be more sensitive to his Holy Spirit. Next, ministering uh, to the Lord, ministering to the Lord uh, will, will cause him to show you things to come. He'll show you things to come. When you minister to the Lord, he will show you things to come. Look at Acts 27. How many here say, Lord, I need you to show me something. I need you to show, I need you to show, there's something I need, I need you to to hear my prayer. He hears you. I need you to answer my prayer. He's answered you. I need you to show me things to come. Acts 27, verse 10. Paul got on board a ship bound for Rome. The scripture says there were 276 souls on board the ship, including Paul. Verse 10, it says, he said to them, men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only to the cargo of the ship, but also our lives. Oh, my. How could Paul, he was a prisoner when he got on board this ship. How could he know something about what was going to happen to the ship? He, he stepped on board the ship in chains. Oh, but God, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And God, the Holy Spirit was telling him, there's trouble on this ship. There's going to be loss of ship. The ship is going to be lost. The, 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 uh, the tackle and the cargo are all going to be lost. And all the lives are going to be lost. And Paul could sense that in 27 verse 10. Now, thank God, you know, as you go on, the Bible says an angel came to him in the middle of the night. They, they, they took a majority vote. They didn't want to listen to Paul. They took a majority vote to see if they should sail. And the majority said sail, so they set sail. And the Bible says a Uroquillo, a violent wind, came blowing down, blew them 200 miles off course, just like that. And that's what you can get from listening to the majority. But when you listen to the Holy Ghost, he can show us things down on our knees you can't see through a telescope. The Holy Spirit will make us more sensitive as we minister to the Lord and he'll show us things to come and he showed Paul about this accident but they hadn't eaten the, the storm was so bad they hadn't eaten in 14 days this text says and finally an angel of the Lord appeared to Paul and said fear not I'm going to spare you and because I'm going to spare you I'm going to spare all 275 other souls on this ship but just like I showed you the ship is going to crash they're going to lose the tackle they're going to lose the cargo but everybody's lives is going to be saved The Lord will show you things to come. When you minister to the Lord, I'm not going to say he shows us everything. He doesn't. We walk by faith, not by sight. But the scripture says he will show us things to come. Another great benefit of ministering to the Lord, he will deliver you in your hour of need. Can you say amen to that? I said, God, he will deliver you in your hour of need when you learn how to minister to him. Look at Acts 16. Acts 16 and 25, if you will. Acts 16 and 25. Paul and Silas on a missions trip had cast the devil out of a woman. 
She couldn't, after they cast the devil out of her, she couldn't tell fortunes anymore. The people who owned her as a slave were upset with him and they had him arrested, him and Silas, and beaten, their hands and feet thrown into the stocks and thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. And in prison, I'm sure they were tempted to complain. Just the sheer injustice of it all. To be out on a missions trip, to be out in the will of God, And can I tell you this? You cannot always discern the will of God by your current circumstance. You may be facing trouble and may be smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Circumstance is no barometer for whether or not you're in God's will. The Holy Ghost down on the inside of us, Romans 8, 14, Romans 8, 16, and Proverbs 20, 27, we better listen to the Lord down on the inside of us, follow his word and listen to his spirit if we want to know his will. I need a bigger amen than that. So many people coming up with goofy ways to hear from God. And so many people are up in their mind, in the mental area. They hear things up here and they attribute that to, to God. Well, Satan operates up there too. And so we need to, uh, uh, it's, it's spirit over mind, not mind over spirit. Can I say it that way? And God's speaking so often, but so often we're looking in the wrong place. We're listening up here and we need to be listening down here. But the Bible says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the prisoners were listening to them. What happened there? They learned how to minister to the Lord right in the midst of their trouble. And God, he will deliver you in your hour of need if you'll learn how to minister to the Lord. If you'll learn how to minister to the Lord. He will turn your setback into a comeback. Look at Acts chapter 28. God knows how to take what's a seeming setback, an apparent setback. And God, he has the power to turn a setback into a comeback. When Paul stepped off that ship after the ship crashed, I mean, he didn't step off the ship because the ship crashed. They floated in, they swam in, they came in on planks and splinters of the ship. When they got to Malta, the Maltese were very kind in helping them and helping them to just get warm, and they were building a fire. And the Bible gives us to know at verse 3 of Acts 28, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they began saying to one another, undoubtedly, this man is a murderer. Though he has been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. However, he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. They were expecting that he was about to swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But after they waited a long time and had seen nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and began to say he was a god. Verse 9, after this had happened, the rest of the people of the island who had diseases were coming to him getting cured. They also honored us with many marks of respect. So, what, what was a setback turned into a mighty revival. And when we learn how to minister to the Lord, he'll take what is a setback and turn it into your comeback. Ministering to the Lord will benefit you in invaluable ways, learning how to minister to him. Let's round third and head for home. Look, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2. For, let's look real quick now in the remaining moments that we have. 1 Samuel 2 and 3. David knew how to minister to the Lord. 
Paul and Silas knew how to minister to the Lord. Follow great men and women of God in Scripture and, and, and those throughout history. There is this element of knowing how to minister to the Lord, whether in troubled times or happy times, ministering to the Lord will benefit you invaluably. The whole purpose of it is not to receive any. We're not after anything from God. But on the other hand, the backsplash from a pure motive, I just want to minister to you, is that God will minister to us. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing a linen ephod. And, um, and then over 1 Samuel chapter 3 says, The boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And a word from the Lord was rare in those days. I'll tell you why a word from the Lord was rare in those days, because of the disobedience of the people. Can I say this as we close? There's no ministry to the Lord if we allow unconfessed sin in our lives. Why? Because the first thing that ministers to the Lord is a yielded life. What ministers to him, first of all, is our heart completely his. What ministers to him above anything else is when our lifestyle lines up with our words. What ministers to him uh, before, b- b- before our hand raising, uh, before, our, our, uh, b- before our voice lifting, before our worship is a yielded life unto the Lord. And the Bible says here that Eli, the current priest who was ministering to the Lord, his sons were sleeping with the women in the temple and they were stealing offerings and, and they were doing all this before the Lord. And, and, and so the Bible says the word of the Lord was rare in those days because of the way the people lived. But when God can find a man, when God can find a woman who will live unashamedly for him, who won't let unconfessed sin exist, oh man. And then that same man or woman will learn how to minister to the Lord and go into his presence saying, Lord, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I just want to minister to you. I just want to bless you for being so good. I just want to thank you for watching over my children. Just want to thank you for all you've done. I want to thank you for, uh, you know, uh, Tony and I, we thank God for everything. We don't take anything for granted. We thank, we'd, we'd spend some time the other day, thank God we're in an air-conditioned house. Because we know there's plenty of people don't have air conditioning on hot days. We don't take nothing for granted. God's been good to you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for all of your blessings and benefits in Christ. On the one hand, tonight as we spoke, we talked about a singleness of motive, a singleness of purpose to minister to you without wanting anything in return. And we know that that blesses you, that honors you when we come into your presence and we just want you. When we're not seeking your hand, but we're seeking your face. And yet on the other hand, you're so good, you're so good, you're so mighty, Father, that the backsplash of ministering to you can help us in innumerable ways. And so we're grateful. Stand on your feet tonight, saints. Stand on your feet. Come on, let's take this last moment and minister to him. I can't minister to him for you, and you can't minister to him for me, but you can lift your own hands, and you can lift your own voice. How many of you, God's been good to you? How many of you glad to be saved? How many are glad to be born again? How many are glad to be filled with the Holy Spirit? How many are glad to go to a good church? How many are glad for all the great things God has done? Come on, let's minister to him in this final moment we have. Father, we bless you tonight. Come on, lift your voice. We honor you tonight. We reverence you in this place. We give you glory and honor. We're so grateful for all you've done. 
Thank you, God, for saving us from a devil's hell. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the power of the written word of God. Thank you for the holy angels who follow us on a daily basis and do your bidding. Thank you, Father. You've helped us time and time again when we were in a struggle, when we were in a tight spot. You came through and you delivered us again. Some were bound by alcohol. Some were bound by drugs. and You delivered them and set them free. We want to thank you for it. We bless you tonight. We honor you tonight. We reverence you tonight. And we lift up that name of Jesus. We magnify that name, that name above every name. We bless the holy name of Jesus. And we reverence you and honor you tonight. Father, you've been so good. You've been so good. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our time has come to a close tonight here in the service. But I hope we just prime the pump for you that you'll take this type of atmosphere and then in your own way and in your own place just lift off into ministering to the Lord. Worship Him every way you know how. Sing unto Him. Speak unto Him. Speak His Word. Declare His Word. Make powerful confessions of worship to Him. And then worship him in other tongues and sing unto him in the spirit yeah push away push back on your schedule push back and take a little time to spend with the Lord and just minister to him and things are going to change oh. if you need something from the Lord tonight and you want prayer then come on forward because these anointed men and women came ready they came ready to pray with you And uh, they will pray with you and you won't leave here like you came. You want to be saved? Come on forward. They'll help you. You want to be filled with the Spirit? Come on forward. You want somebody to agree with you in prayer? Come on forward. They'll pray with you. You won't leave like you came in Jesus' name. Let's remember to keep the Hagans in prayer. Remember, you can give the Pastor Hagans birthday offering anytime. You can go to 28950, put in that word Hagan. You can give anytime. Uh, His birthday is quickly uh, approaching. Let's take good care of the man of God. And... um, Remember to keep them in prayer. Uh, I always say they fly on the wings of that aircraft, but they fly on the wings of our prayers as well. So let's keep them in prayer. All right. Well, you be here uh, Sunday morning, the School of the Bible hour at 9 o'clock, and then there'll be a great word coming in the 10 o'clock hour uh, right here at Ramah. God bless you one and all.